Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Anger seems to be the default emotion in our current times. From angry customers to social media fights to rifts in families, anger often divides us from each other. Today, we discover that in a life with Christ, we don't remove anger from our lives. Rather, we learn how to speak and act with it in healthy, holy ways. And that's what we've been talking about over the past number of weeks in the book of Ephesians, hasn't it? We have been learning the purpose and the will of God through the people who follow Jesus. And it's through this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and probably more churches than that, more likely it was not just given to the church in Ephesus, it was actually circulated to a number of churches. And within this, we have been discovering new realities that Jesus has brought into the world. And because of that, we live differently. Our lives, our purpose, our mission in life is that of Jesus Christ. And that mission, that will that God has for this world is this, that all things would be united underneath him. And so we become to, we come to understand that there's no barriers between human beings, that the differences that we like to hold on to as humans are actually really not a big deal anymore. And so we begin to live differently with each other in love and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. These are the ways that the people of God, the body of God, are to live. And today, we will continue down that same very practical road of how that life looks. And today, in particular, the passage is all often, or is, as you read it, um, has a lot to do with what we say and what we do when we experience anger. Anger. And so today, as we read Paul's words, and, and I'll, I'll just tell you where we're going to be, Ephesians chapter 4 beginning with verse 25. If you want to open your Bibles or your, your phone apps, we will get to it here in a moment, but it will also be on the screen. As we read this today, we're going to discover that anger, while it was given to you and I, because it, it is a part of who we are, it was created in us, can be dangerous. Anger can be very dangerous. And in fact... I want you to think of a time that maybe somebody was angry at you or you were angry at someone and you said something that you knew you shouldn't have the moment you said it. Everyone's done this. Everyone has done this. And what we forget sometimes in these moments when we are angry and we are saying something or we are doing something is that words are powerful. I don't know how we figured this out. I don't know if it's science or whatever it might be, but it's, it's well known that it takes five positive comments to negate a single negative comment. I have no idea how they figured that out. <laughs> but I do understand that it's very true. I can't tell you how many times that something has been brought to my attention about myself or something, and it was just completely negative. There was, no, there was no 
way for us to move forward in reconciliation. It was just negative. And it sticks with you far longer than what you like. We want to believe that sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me. But it's not true. (laughs) It's a great proverb for when you in the moment are being belittled or insulted or criticized and you're very tempted to fire right back, right? We might say sticks and stones. I'm not going to say something back, right? But five days later, the words that were said are still there. They hit us right here. Words matter. So even in the moments that we react well to angry words, it still sticks with us. Of course, there's the other part too. If you encounter angry words and you get angry yourself, guess what we sometimes do? We fire off verbal missiles to hurt and maim as much as possible in that moment. Words matter. How we speak matters. What we say matters. What we do in response to words matter. And I think most of you would probably agree with me that we seem to live in a very angry time period. There are a lot of angry people. Maybe you've been angry yourself. Whether it be state of the world or this, that, these, and those. I see, I see grown adults yell at a 16-year-old grocery worker or a waitress. They've said that airline incidents are up where basically a passenger becomes unruly and they have to figure out how to either de-escalate or maybe you've seen a few of them, tape them to a seat. People are angry. And that's the thing is that anger, we often see the bad side of anger. We see anger that leads to sin. Anger that leads to uh, a worse word or a physical action that hurts somebody else. Today, Paul speaks very clearly about anger. And it's in this section about anger that we begin to understand that there is a place for anger in our, in our life. But when it comes between you and another or you and somebody else's property or whatever it might be, that's when we are going to begin to dive into a darkness that can lead to greater chaos in our world. But before we hear his words about anger, maybe you read my midweek update devotional this past week, but I shared a little bit of insight on the the section of Scripture right before this. And the section of Scripture before he talks about anger talks about not living your life like the Gentiles anymore. Basing lives on your own happiness, your own selfish inclinations. And in particular, he talks about a greed, a corruption, and a 
sexual immorality, essentially. Where we have been renewed by Jesus that the very drives, our sex drives, our drives to make a life for ourselves when it comes to maybe economics or whatever it might be, is changed to be like Jesus Christ. And what does Jesus Christ drive? To give, to love, to bring all things under him. To give of yourself, to sacrifice yourself. And it's in that that he turns to anger. We read in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 25, Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor, because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do good so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption and put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. Therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. He was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. How plain can he get? We are not to participate in lying if we are redeemed in Christ. We are not to live in anger. And here's, this was really interesting to me. I started thinking about how anger can warp our perspective on somebody else. Have you ever been so angry that you actually believe something about a person that isn't true? We can do that. We can get so angry at a person that we actually begin to tell lies about that person to ourselves because we are angry about whatever it is that that person is or did or said. So we can actually end up lying because of anger. But also on the other side of the coin, we can also share truth in anger and that is also not the way to go about things too. If you are looking to share truth, dropping truth bombs here or whatever it might be, and the intent is anything but love, oh boy, we're in, our, we're in a pickle again. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And I think sometimes we think it's really hard to be angry without sinning because we are used to seeing anger in the most destructive ways. Are we not? 
We are used to seeing somebody get so mad and telling the truth that they're ruining a relationship. And it's like, I don't want to be like that. And then there's the other side of things where uh, anger even leads people to be destructive, not just with words, but with actions. We've seen fist fights. We've seen, we've seen riots and destruction of property. And that all comes from anger. This is not the way. And then he randomly talks about thieves, which is really odd to me. Like it's, oh, we're going to talk about anger. It's almost like he talks about anger here for a moment, thieves, and then he goes back to the effects of anger. Did you, did you see that? Don't be angry. Be angry without sinning. And then he starts talking about, don't let foul mouths come out of your mouth. Say what's helpful. Do not be bitter or lose your temper or shout or slander or malice. Those are all the effects of anger. Right in the middle is this moment where he says, thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do good so that they will have something to share with whoever's in need which is a little different than what we're used to. Work to take care of your household. That's not what Paul says. Paul says work so that you can give to others in need. The entire Christian life is not oriented about what is for me, but rather what, is, what can I offer to others? What can I give to others? How can I love and forgive and all these things? And then I began to think, what is getting angry and saying Saying what we want to in anger, really, what, what is it really? It's surrounded around me. I have to say this. I have to do this. I am upset whether it's because I didn't like what they said or I feel powerless or I feel like I've been treated unfairly. Whatever it might be, when we give into anger and speak those words and throw that punch, whether they be verbal or physical, it's all about, i got to get this off my chest. This is about me. And that's exactly what thieves do. Thieves look at something that they want, I want it, and I take it. This is all based in being renewed in Jesus Christ, not to be based on ourselves, but rather be based on an extravagant love for God and for others. And I really began to think, too, I, I think what we do is, even though we don't mean to do this, we end up believing that anger is really not as big of a deal as Paul makes it here. I mean, let's really be honest. Stealing something seems a lot worse than just getting angry and saying what's on my chest, right? But then again, I thought about it, and again, anger is all about satisfying yourself. It's not just that anger, anger makes us less than human. When we look to defeat the other or to hurt the other or whatever it is, we're no different than giving in to the lustful desires of our bodies. 
We're no different than giving in to the cravings of having more and stealing from others. We begin to act like animals, essentially. When we live our lives with anger and we begin to sin in that moment. It's because we steal the possibility of reconciliation and forgiveness whenever we're angry. We steal good grace that is to be offered by us who have been given grace. It steals from the dignity of the person that you're mad at. Because that's the other side of anger that we often don't talk about. We talk about the visible, the physical, the verbal. But you know what the other side of anger is? You can be angry for a long time and you don't have to say a single word to the person that you're mad at. And instead, what you begin to do is you begin to say, I'm mad at that person for whatever reason. And we begin to develop a perception of that person that isn't accurate, that robs who they are because of our anger for that person. And we begin to develop that bitterness that he talks about, that malice that he talks about, that slander. Y'all know what slander is, right? Slander is when you begin to speak about another person in a way that, quite frankly, isn't accurate because maybe they said something that actually was true and you're not happy about it. And you know where I see slander all the time? Opinions. <laughs> We have so many opinions in our society that we read and we don't even recognize that it's actually slander. It's slander. No wonder we as a society are so angry all the time. We, well, what do they say? Garbage in, garbage out, right? So make no mistake, you don't have to yell at a person, you don't have to punch a person, you don't have to do anything against a person to be sinning in anger. You can hold that grudge as long as you want, and I just want you to know that grudge will only get bigger and that sin will only get larger. So why do we get angry without sinning. And I think the image that he gives is something that we don't think about very often. <sighs> Do not make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. Don't make the Holy Spirit unhappy. See, sometimes I think we think that God is just God and he doesn't have emotions, but he doesn't, ha he doesn't grieve, he doesn't lament, he doesn't get angry. But you know what? When we say, I believe in Christ, and we are sealed by the Spirit, and then we live in anger, in sin, we are representing the Holy Spirit completely inaccurately. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. Grieves the Holy Spirit. 
We are sealed with the Spirit and we represent God to the entire world. So if Christians are continuously angry and continuously sinning, guess what? We are causing our God who has saved us grief. And we are misrepresenting what we have been called to do. Called to be. What the Spirit has done within us. Femi Perkins says this, relations with others are central to the concrete examples of the new Christian way of life. False speech, anger, theft, bitterness, slander, and the like destroy relationships among human beings. We are not to live like we did before because quite frankly, it's not just our reputation that's on the line. It is the God who has saved this world and wants to bring this world together under him. All of you have come to our church for a number of years. But if you were outside of the church and you saw a church as angry as some church folks that you see in today, would you want to go worship that God? Or better yet, would you want to worship Jesus Christ if he was petty and he got angry with his disciples and said, no, we worship a God who controls himself, who stops and relies upon a holiness that is greater than anything we see in the rest of the world. And if Christians are known to be angry people, I'm going to tell you something right here. Nobody's going to want to know about Jesus. I saw this yesterday on Facebook. There's a good thing on Facebook for once in my life. Uh, David Cassidy says this, In nearly 40 years of ministry, I have yet to meet a single convert who was brought to Christ through the anger of a Christian. Never. Millions, however may be won by love. If you are known by your anger, your negative words, your backbiting, your bitterness, your malice, I'm here to tell you, you are doing nothing to advance the kingdom of God in this world. And by the way, you don't have to say anything for people to know if you're angry. I've had plenty of people mad at me they didn't say a single thing. Right, my wife? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> There's always this moment where it's all of a sudden quiet. What do you want to say? <laughs> but I've had, I've had relationships where people have stopped talking to me for days, weeks, months, years. Because they were so mad. That's anger with sin, friends just as much as popping off on him and tell him what I think. Now, I told you that anger was given to you and I. It's a, it's a natural emotion, right? There are moments in your life that you just like, why do I feel this way? It's because anger is an emotion. And God placed anger in our lives for a good reason. Anger can cause us, as long as we are 
controlled and understand where the anger comes from, anger can cause us to do good in the world. Anger can also cause us to, in a moment, a heated moment, to move ourselves away create a boundary for a moment and come back to a conversation more reserved in understanding why we were angry in that, in that moment. Anger is sort of, can be a warning light saying, if David calls me ugly and I get really mad and I can feel the anger, the right way to go about it is say, back off. Why am I angry about what he just said to me? Why? And then I can come back and say, I felt terrible that you said that to me. I feel terrible. By the way, this is, you're getting premarital counseling, by the way. This is what I tell all the folks I marry off. Anger without reflection, anger without understanding will lead to sin. Pure as that. It's, it's simple as that. But if we actually lean upon God and the Spirit in the moments that we become angry, we can begin to work with that person or those people in a different way. Or we can begin to do good, to right an injustice that we see in the world or whatever it might be. And if you're wondering how this looks, you're going to know the answer. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. In fact, I think Paul says that. Imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love following the example of Christ. And when we begin to accept the kind of kindness that he had and the compassion that he would give and the forgiveness that he does for us, we begin to live like him. Stephanie Lobdell, if you remember, she, she did an Advent Sunday a few months ago, right? Our reign of God citizenship is most clearly demonstrated through our commitment to right relationship with one another, through honest speech, generous contribution to the needs of others, a spirit of kindness, and a determination to forgive as we have been forgiven. So we begin to understand that our conversations and our actions are, are things that build up others and grow others. Not for our own benefit to get the stuff off of our chests to hold grudges forever, but rather to help each other in love and acceptance. Does this mean that there will be just smooth waters for the rest of your life? No. There are moments that there are times that we have to share our differences, the things that we feel. We need to share those things. But it doesn't mean tearing down another person just because we're angry about it. It doesn't mean creating a picture of a person just because we didn't like what they did. It doesn't mean popping off and saying words that are destructive. 
or fists that fly just because we're not getting our way. But it means speaking in ways that help share where you are and how you can move forward with a person. Good talk is talk that is kind, truthful, and filled with grace. And we imitate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in everything. I started to think about how Paul says, imitate God like dearly loved children. And um, I have a child. She's one and a half years old. She's inquisitive. Before service today, she's up here with me. And she points at the communion goblet. And it's like, don't touch it, please. <laughs> she's inquisitive. She sees something, and if she decides to pick it up, she will pick it up. Now, we as parents are pretty good about removing things that may potentially hurt her. Like, for example, things with edges or things that are, you know, sharp, that, like a pen or something like that. But on the rare occasion, we can leave a pen there. We can leave that object there. Before you know it, <laughs> she's got it in her hands. And you're like, okay. Now, there are, there are a number of, we've, we've, we've discovered a number of responses to how she will listen to us. If we go, no, 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 like that, like a very calm, no kind of thing, I'm going to run away with it. <laughs> because... As soon as you say no, it becomes a temptation to keep and to do, right? Every parent knows this. Every human knows this. If we make a big deal about it and get very emotional and say, no, we will scare her. And more than likely, she will cry when we scare her. And if the off chance that we are already annoyed and we react to that moment with anger, she will also be scared and she will cry. It's not a deal where you need to cry. It's not a deal where you need to be angry or mean or instill the fear of God in her. Because you know what happens? Child imitates you. <laughs> and if you get angry about the smallest of things, I bet you more than likely your child will be upset about the smallest of things. I'm preaching to myself now, right, Brooke? But the way that is working now... Well, it might not be working anymore. She's a toddler, so things change daily. But what has been working is I'll just say kindly, Chloe, can you bring that to me? And I think we're at eight times out of ten. She'll just go. I don't have to take it away from her forcibly. I don't have to put the fear of God with anger in her. I just simply ask, can you give that to me? See, in conflict, we need to be more like this. Instead of overreacting and getting angry or holding a grudge or whatever it might be, we need to think of others in that moment and just simply share where we're coming from share who we are, to be authentic like the church is called to be, and to be completely open for reconciliation and forgiveness. Because if anger stays within our hearts and within our souls, we won't seek that. We'll just create perceptions of people, or we won't talk to people, or we'll cut them off. We'll ghost them. 
Some of you know, you know what ghosting is? You try to contact somebody and they don't answer. And they don't call you back and they don't text you back. Oftentimes it's talked about dating. But I can't tell you how many times I've been ghosted by people. In the church even. As we do that, we will take away from what God is trying to do in our world. Instead, let us be people of good words and good actions and to allow our anger to inform us to do holy things instead of destructive things. May we be people of good talk and may we be people of integrity. May we be people who give. May we be people of the Spirit who are humble and loving and tender-hearted and compassionate and forgiving and loving. For this is the way we bring all people under Christ in our world. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.